By Christmas Eve 1914, the First World War had raged across Europe for nearly five months. The grim reality of a hard war began to set in. Both sides began carving out trenches across the eastern and western fronts. They prepared for a war that had no end in sight. The Western Front extended for hundreds of miles through France and Belgium, protecting the heart of France from an invading German-led army. Life in the trenches was bleak. Soldiers on both sides were at the mercy of a bitter European winter. Supplies and morale were dwindling. There was insufficient medical care, and the enemy trenches were often only a hundred feet from their own fortified positions. The distance between the opposing trenches, referred to as no man's land, was littered with the bodies of the deceased from both sides. To step into this space meant to step in to nearly certain death. It was against this backdrop that on a moonlit night and a frost-covered ground, the unexpected occurred. It was something that defied the cold realities of war and would have a lasting impact on all those involved and even beyond. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, my name is Pastor Mark Anthony. If we have not met, nice to meet you. Um, today's message is titled Christmas, a celebration of love. And I want to read our um, teaching text for today with you. This is going to be in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 all the way through 21. We'll put these on the screen and I'll read this with you. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because he, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. 
So as you saw in that brief opener, on Christmas Eve in the year 1914, along the western front of the World War, a miraculous thing happened, and it became called the Christmas Truce. I'll read an article about the event written by A.G. Bame and Volker Johnson. Here I was in this horrible clay cavity, Barnes' father wrote, miles and miles from home, cold, wet, through and covered with mud. There didn't seem the slightest chance of leaving except in an ambulance. At about 10 p.m., Barnes' father noticed a noise. I listened, he recalled. Away across the field, among the dark shadows beyond, I could hear the murmur of voices. He turned to a fellow soldier in his trench and said, Do you hear the Germans kicking up that racket over there? Yes, came the reply. They've been at it some time. The Germans were singing carols as it was Christmas Eve. In the darkness, some of the British soldiers began to sing back. Suddenly, Barnes' father recalled, we heard a confused shouting from the other side. We all stopped to listen. The shout came again. The voice came from an enemy soldier speaking in English with a strong German accent. He was saying, come over here. One of the British sergeants answered, you come halfway, I come halfway. What happened next would, in the years to come, stun the world and make history. Enemy soldiers began to climb nervously out of their trenches and to meet in the barbed wire-filled no-man's land that separated the armies. Normally, the British and Germans communicated across no-man's land with streaking bullets, with only occasional gentlemanly allowances to collect the dead. But now there were handshakes and words of kindness. One British fighter named Ernie Williams later described in an interview his recollection of some makeshift soccer play on what turned out to be an icy pitch. The ball appeared from somewhere, I don't know where. They made up some goals and one fellow went in goal and then it was just a general kickabout. I should think there were about a couple of hundred taking part. A German lieutenant of the 134th Saxons Infantry, a school teacher who spoke both English and German, also described a pickup soccer game in his diary, which was discovered in an attic in 1999, written in an archaic German form of shorthand. Eventually, the English brought a soccer ball from their trenches, and pretty soon a lively game ensued, he wrote. How marvelously wonderful! How strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. What an image. How about us today? We live in a world where Humans have entrenched themselves within their pride, animosity, and angers. We fire shots back and forth, figuratively and literally. Is this the world our loving God in heaven created? Is this the world we want for our children? Who told us it had to be this way? Who commands us? to war against our neighbor and fellow man. 
Humanity has ultimately dug a trench to hide in as we fire shot after shot at the God who made us. Our hatred for our brothers and sisters puts us at enmity with God. We've made our world into a battlefield and created separation between us and God. And on this eve of Christmas, we call to remembrance a first Christmas, 2,023 years ago, when the God who sat on a throne up high came down low. Love compelled our God to step out onto the battlefield that we had created, to live and walk upon the earth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, was born in Bethlehem. The angels sang and the enemy cowered. Perfect love held within the frame of a baby. The baby would become a man. And on this battlefield that we had created, the man, Jesus Christ, would take upon himself our hate. It was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it upon himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did it to him, that ripped and tore him and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing and gone our own way. And God has piled our sins, all of our sins, everything we've done wrong on him, on him. And so on this eve of Christmas, 2,023 years away from the first, I say rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel has come to us. Peace and goodwill to all. For on a holy night, the remedy to our conflict was born. Cease fire. Not just for a few days like some men of World War I did on Christmas of 1914. No, receive a love that lasts in this life into eternity. A love that makes you whole. Have you wandered off? Have you gotten lost? Lay down your weapons. Get out from your trenches. Step out into no man's land. Leave behind your vendetta. Meet our Savior, our Lord, out beyond the trench. Step into the wide open space of his grace. Christmas has come. We can be healed. We can be whole. We can be free. Christmas has come. We can be united by love in Jesus, our Christ. Our Savior, our Lord, Christmas has come. Christmas, our celebration of love, a reminder that love has forgiven us. To be forgiven is to have peace with God, to be at home with God. And Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, brought this gift of forgiveness to each and every single one of us. In our opening text, 
found in John 4, we read in verse 9. God was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. It is in Jesus that God's love is on full display for all. Jesus demonstrates for us two things about God's love. One, it is a love that holds nothing back. And two, it's a love that we do not deserve. Jesus' love shows us two things about God's love. It's a love that holds nothing back and a love that we don't deserve. So how then might we endeavor to love here on this earth? By holding nothing back and loving everyone, even those who we feel don't deserve it. We're never closer to God than when we are operating in love. To love is to bring oneself into the light. To hate is to bring oneself into darkness. There is no in-between. Light and dark. Love and hate. If we say that we love God, but we don't love our brother or sister, we're liars. 100 years later, the fascination of the Christmas truce is greater than ever. Though the world seems sadly reluctant to learn the message that reconciliation is a more effective way to coexist than bloody conflict. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Maybe you feel like you need to perform some tragic, romantic act of love on behalf of God. Maybe and perhaps... But John helps us to not disqualify ourselves just because a grand act of sacrificial love is not available to us. And in verse 17, John says, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? I'll read it again. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? I'm still very young at 34 years old. But as I experience life and as I look at church and as I look at people who follow Jesus, and I look at people who lead churches of people who follow Jesus, I'm more convinced than ever that the places 
where God abides are the places where everything is done as an act of love. That every miraculous expression is an act of love. That our teaching and our preaching and our serving is all an act of love. And there are many things that our senior pastor, Pastor Mark, would say that he's not. And there are many areas where he would say that he's imperfect. But there's one area and there's one place where I continue to find inspiration, where I continue to say that this is a man worthy of serving and coming underneath. And it's because of the love that he has for his fellow brother or sister. And hear me, it would be easy for us to look at someone like Pastor Mark and think, well, he's just very evangelistic. He is an evangelist anointing. We all have giftings, but those giftings are always an expression of love. And so while he may be an evangelist, his evangelism is an expression of his love. It is the love that compels him. And I say that because we may try to draw a fine little line into what we are called and how God may call us out onto the battlefield to say, well, it's just not my gifting. We are all called to love our brother and our sister. And I look at our world and I look at men and supposed men and women of God who sit in a trench and they fire bullet after bullet across the way and I look at men and women like that and I look at men such as our senior pastor who step out of the trench who get out onto the battlefield where it's dangerous where you might get hurt but you take that risk because love is always always worth it how do I know that I look at Jesus, who held nothing back, who risked it all. He's my example. My human love is a response to receiving God's love. And the more I love, the more I know God. And the more I know God, the more I love. These two things work in tandem together. I want to play for you a video, a testimony of someone who found the ability to love while serving coffee at church. Check this out. If I'm honest, I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal. Like you get Jesus and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just part of the package. And uh, there are some bits you like Jesus, some bits honest, you don't like I so never much. Really like the church and Christians. Um, I didn't even really like the Christians annoying, but that much. If I'm honest, I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal. Like you get Jesus and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just part of the package. And uh, there are some bits you like Jesus, some bits you don't like so much. Just like the church and Christians um, used to find that a bit annoying. But I'd turn up the church and go through it. But I didn't really enjoy going to church. And then one day uh, I was at the back of our church in East London and someone said to me, oh, we need help to 
run the coffee tea. And I was like, I was like working like 70, 80 hour week. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we, Steve, we really do help running the coffee team on a Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm a barrister, I'm not a barista. Like, I've got a job, I don't need another job to run the coffee team. But I just, you know, sometimes you, you just can't even think of what to say. So I was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, okay. And, and I instantly thought, why did I do that? So I turned up next week, like, you know, trying to get the cups and everything, get the coffee right. As I handed these cups to people, something really changed in me. I found myself, as I handed coffee to these people, growing in love for them. I was like, these people are amazing. Like this is this extraordinarily diverse community. It's been gathered from across the area. Probably not another place that looks as diverse and integrated as this. This is a miracle. And then I, even people I found a little bit more frustrating and complicated, as I handed them their coffee, I kind of grew in love with them. And I kind of basically fell in love with the church. And then I kind of went back to the person who'd asked me to do it. I said, we need a new coffee machine. We need better beans. We need better monks. Like, we, come on, these are amazing people. I want this to be the best coffee that they get. You know, they, they're coming to church on a Sunday morning. I got more and more passionate. I started to build a team to serve coffee on a Sunday morning. I sometimes say making coffee changed my life because I fell in love with the Church of Jesus Christ. I didn't realize why it was special. I didn't realize why it mattered. And as I made coffee for people, I suddenly realized, oh, the church is like the bride of Jesus Christ. It's like the thing he gave himself for. Like the church is God's plan for the salvation of the world. There's no plan B and God is gonna build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So like God is putting all his eggs in the church basket. And I realized over those few weeks, there's a beautiful thing here. Yes, it messes up. Yes, it makes mistakes. You'll never find a perfect church, but it's a beautiful thing. And I thought, that's what I want to spend my life building. So as humans, we want to give our lives for something and we want our lives to count for something. We search for meaning, it's, it's, it's deep in our bones. What greater endeavor could you give yourself to than that of spreading the self-giving love of Jesus, the Christ, to a broken, disfigured world? What joy, what adventure awaits those of us who would set aside our pride, our tepidness, our excuses, and step out onto the battlefield carrying the gift of love? Make your table wider. Open your front door. Reach in your pocket for spare change. Go out of your way to the road less traveled. Have you time? Give it. Have you grace? Extend it. Have you a grudge? Release it. Have you forgiveness? Don't withhold it. Number your days. Life on this earth is a vapor. Be wise with what God has given you. Steward well this gift that is life on earth. Love freely and unashamedly. For in doing so, we draw nearer and nearer to the God who is love. We proclaim the good news of Jesus. We bear the image of God. William Barclay in his commentary on 1 John writes this. Fine words will never take the place of fine deeds. 
And all the talk of Christian love in the world will not take the place of a kindly action to a man in need, made at the expense of some self-denial and some self-sacrifice. For in that action, the principle of the cross is operative again. And so again, I say to us, on this eve of Christmas, as I hope you take time to, content, to consider the condition of your soul, remember this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, the one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and a lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger at us. No, telling the world how bad it was. No, he came to help to put the world right again. So again, I say, lay down your weapon. Get from outside that cold, muddy trench. Step out into no man's land and there find a savior. There find a friend. There find a Lord full of hope that can warm the coldest heart, peace that can sustain the darkest of nights, joy that can strengthen the weariest soul, and love that can forgive the unforgivable. It is a love that hopes all things, that endures all things, that is in all things. It is a love that brings peace and joy and hope that is everlasting to everlasting, a love that makes us whole and completes us. It's the love that we were made for. It's a love that reminds us that we matter, a love that reminds us that there's a purpose for us in this world, that we're not just simply machines going through the motions. Our God is not just a creator who created things and then just said it and forget it. He's a God who's intimately and actively involved with the people that he created. We are his prized possessions, the people of his pasture. He is our shepherd and we are his sheep and he cares greatly for us. And so then what shall we do on this eve of Christmas? On this eve of Christmas, it is Christmas time. Christmas time has come. Jesus has come to us. How might we respond in love to those around us? There is no other option. To love God is to love other people. God makes it plain. Jesus makes it plain. And the gospel writers make it plain. John makes it plain. To love our brother and our sister without condition that's the call and in doing so we proclaim the name of Jesus the Christ who lived died and was risen for each and every single one of us Merry Christmas love has been made available to each of you. Will you stand with me as we sing this morning? I'm going to pray for us and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, this morning we consider how great a love you have for us, how vast and how wide God, we consider that holy night 
And Jesus came into this earth. When God, you stepped into creation. Lord, we allow ourselves to hope again, to experience joy and a peace. This season full of sorrows and lament and joys and happiness and highs and lows, God, in it all, we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. And we thank you, God. And Lord, in response to your love this morning, we worship you. And we exalt you, King Jesus, Lord and Savior of all. God, we worship you and we praise you for what you have done for us. We love you, Almighty God. And we sing to you today. In Jesus' name.